Hello. And welcome to Ancestry with Lucy Luce and Lily Love. Welcome to our second episode. As you may have noticed, we have changed our name. That's because we found that someone else had uh, cultural connections and we've um, decided on Ancestry, spelt like Ancestry, but with story at the end. Mm-hmm. Very clever, I say. <laughs> and original. <laughs> yes. So we don't have to step on anybody's toes. No. Um, Moving on. <laughs> yeah. And today our episode is about Halloween and Dia de los Muertos. Yeah. <laughs> like we explained in our first episode, we're trying to find out more about our own cultures and other cultures in general since. This holiday is happening uh, soon, this week. We thought it would be fitting to learn more about it. (laughs) Then we're going to tell you about it. Yes, Lucy will be telling you the history of Halloween. And then Lily is going to be telling the history of Dia de los Muertos. Take it away, Lucy. All right. (laughs) So this book um, is called Death Makes a Holiday. A Cultural History of Halloween by David J. Skull. Um, I got some information from there. An anthropologist, Margaret Mead, has a quote. It was the one night in the year when the child's world and the adult's world confronted each other and children were granted to make mild revenge of the adults. The history of Halloween goes back 3,000 years. And I really suspect that it's probably more than that. The people of um, Ireland, Celtic people, I guess, these people were um, living in the Irish Sea. The festival that they would have is called Samhain, but it's spelt S-A-M-H-A-I-N. Most people probably have heard of this. I feel like as more like people get more connected with culture a lot. I've seen this word more just like in the past two years. I never heard of it before this oh, year. I've never heard of it either. It actually translates to November. And it was like a transition time. It was when they would harvest fruits and vegetables that they had been planting for the year and getting ready for the winter. So since this is a time of everything's dying, you're preparing to go inside and Like basically all of nature is dying. You have the potential of dying if you don't um, get enough food for the winter or enough wood or whatever. Like you have to be preparing for not dying. They started doing rituals and festivals to kind of lighten the mood, but also celebrate the death that was Mm -hmm. happening. Um, so that's where these, um, like the base of Halloween started was with these festivals. Halloween is October 31st, for anybody who doesn't know. Um, <laughs> this is like the transitioning period between uh, like fall and almost coming to winter. They believed that the the veil between our living world and the dead world was thinner during this time so they believed that the dead 
walked among us. They would do things like put out treats into the woods and like away from their homes to kind of divert spirits Mm -hmm. away from them. And that was also why they did bonfires and um, like gatherings so that it was kind of like trying to scare away the spirits, but also honor them in a way. They also would thank the gods for um, their harvest. So there was like sacrificing of animals and like deviation. Uh, They believed that during this time period, because the veil was thinner between the realms, the realm, they believed that they could predict the future better during this time period. Druids is the the Celtic like priests. They would um, sacrifice animals. They'd sacrifice animals? Yeah, they they would sacrifice animals um, and then they would, the the druids would look at the intestines and that's how they would tell the future. Don't ask me how. (laughs) (laughs) The Romans came and started doing their conquering and such. And with the Romans, they have a, a goddess, I think it's called Pomona. And she was the goddess of um, apples and nuts, I guess. The tradition of bobbing for apples comes from how they they brought together the Roman um, traditions with like the Samhain. But that was in like 50 BC. And then in the fourth century, there was a rise of Christianity. They would take pagan traditional ceremonies and then they would just say, like put put Jesus or put God on this they would just take a tradition and then make it Christian they also decided to take this uh, pagan celebration and turn it into All Saints Day which is November 1st Mm. Um, or also well in their I guess in Ireland I guess is when this like or where it was happening. They called it All Hallows Day. So All Saints Day is they would uh, recognize all the saints. So the Catholic saints that don't have a day. It became since it was already about death and dying and commemorating people and like acknowledging that the dead are walking among us. They just took that and turned it into a celebration for um, the saints. Hallow's Eve was the night before, since it was called All Hallow's Day. So Mm -hmm. October 31st, the night before, became like the the nighttime festival of celebrating. And a lot of people, children especially, would do tricky things children would do um tricks or you know mischievous things Mm. and um some a few things that i've read talks about how i believe in the celtic belief system they thought that there were fairies or fairy folk is what i read that would steal babies and replace them with a changeling or goblins who were, quote, old and 
wickedness while still in the cradle, possessing superhuman cunning. Wow. So a lot of people think that this is how the trick-or-treater kind of and the mischievous child came to be kind of like a celebration of Halloween was because it was kind of like the kids are pretending to be these changeling kind of little goblin children (laughs) and it kind of is like a night where you get to pretend like you're somebody else and you can kind of like be mischievous and you can do things that are a little taboo go against the society norms so that's where like trick-or-treat came about the trick part (laughs) yeah every culture has like this mischievous like they let the kids kind of run wild kind of interesting Mm -hmm. they also the catholic church made november 2nd all souls day which just commemorated all of the dead so i think that that's where like dia de los muertos probably comes from because it it was that just becomes like a south american tradition because they had catholic people come over but i'll let you tell us more about that yeah sure so um, in the 16th century, on um, Halloween 1517, that was when Martin Luther posted his um, Protestant paper on the Catholic Church, said, we don't put up with Catholic stuff and we're protesting it, you know. So a lot of people became Protestants, and because of that kind of Halloween went away for a little bit. And then on November 5th, 1605, a guy named Guy Fawkes blew up the House of Lords. He was arrested and they cut him in pieces and burned his body. So he didn't actually blow it up. He tried to. And then he got uh, caught before it happened. But then, yeah, they like, really killed him yeah Yeah. the year after and then continuously in England they would have these really like ruckus filled parades and festivals and people just like looting and going crazy this so this was November 5th they would do this every year so now it's become kind of like conjunction with uh Halloween They said that they would um, create like effigies of Guy Fawkes and then burn the doll or whatever of him on a bonfire. They would like just kids go out in the street and just go crazy, mischievous, um, breaking things. And yeah. The party still continues, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So then when Protestants and Puritans came to the U.S. to escape Catholicism, they didn't really want to bring uh, those kind of traditions. So Halloween didn't come to the U.S. until I think it was like the late 1700s. And Virginia was the first place um, in the U.S. It was like the birthplace of Halloween in America because they had a lot of Catholic people and people who believed in magic and witchcraft. Mm -hmm. And 
So they would they started having more like of the Halloween kind of celebrations that we have today um, with the bobbing for apples and bonfires and games. They would do like divination kind of uh, fortune telling games. Oh, I watched a, this documentary called The Haunted History of Halloween by the History Channel. In this, they had they were talking about like the different kind of divination games. And one of them was like a girl would put her shirt or get her shirt wet and then hang it outside. And then her future husband would come in the middle of the night and <laughs> move the sleeve. I don't really know. <laughs> I don't understand. And then how do you know who he was? And yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That um, much too like it's so intricate yeah history. there's just so much going on yeah it's probably just the wind blowing the sleeve around <laughs> <laughs> not at all and then you're sad because no one wanted to touch my wet shirt sleeve <laughs> i'll never get married <laughs> i don't know yeah a lot of them seem to be like about who am i going to marry mm. or stuff like that wow yeah then the um 1800s was when they started having play parties which were pretty similar to like what our halloween parties were uh, costumes and pumpkin carvings and games and but it was more i guess more like high society kind of parties oh. What the, what the documentary looked like when they showed yeah. pictures. It didn't look like uh, a farm. Uh, like when I think of Halloween parties, I think of like a hoedown. I don't know why. <laughs> like, I think because like, I think of bonfires and bobbing for apples. It seems like a time to be outside doing stuff like with hay and pumpkins. <laughs> yeah, and candy. <laughs> yeah. In a lot of different cultures throughout history, they've had um, the children come to the houses of people for various reasons, and then people give them things. Usually orphans would come around to houses and ask for alms, and then they would pray for the dead souls of that family. Oh, that's um, sweet. Yeah. And so, like, what we have come to know as Halloween really started because of the government realizing that kids are going to be mischievous, that this has always been a night of like mischief making. Mm -hmm. In the early 1900s, kids were vandalizing farms, leaving gates open to let the, um, the animals out. Would they even like egg the houses? Yeah, and like toilet paper. Feed the houses, yeah. Yeah, um, there was, I read in multiple places about kids would push over at like outhouses. Yeah. Um, when people were in them. Oh my God. Like that was a trick that they would do to people <laughs> and like set up things in the middle of the street to trip people, scare old ladies, like all the bad things the kids yeah. were doing they went all out <laughs> yeah so um I guess it got really bad so then I think it was around the 1930s 
was when the government and parents and magazines and everybody started kind of trying to promote having more indoor parties to get the kids to come inside and like the churches started doing things um and so recent yeah so that got kids off the street and then people started making costumes it became more commercialized people started uh or not people companies I guess owned by people uh they started making candies to give to the kids and so it was really just to get the kids off of the street the Mm -hmm. like the Halloween that we know today wow is what it is because yeah all because of children yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, yeah it's really crazy that it's gone from like this celebration of death to like this just like mischievous night but it still has this like magical like otherworldly kind of occult feeling um in that documentary in the um the history channel dvd they were talking about how we have this like all these decorations like cut off feet that you just hang you know outside your door or a skull it's like socially acceptable to mm-hmm. like put all these really grotesque weird stuff up just like show it to the world for a month or so mm-hmm. but like if you were decorating your house like that any other time of the year like you're neighbors would be calling the cops on you yeah they would think there's something wrong upstairs (laughs) yeah but it's like we just have this time now where it's like here you can show how weird you are but just now and then pack it up and then we'll go right to Christmas (laughs) (laughs) they give us one holiday to be bad (laughs) yeah yeah but I I like how it it's still about like death and darkness yeah and I think that it's important for us like as people to kind of celebrate death and dying because it's part of what happens to the world Mm -hmm. um or the earth that we can't escape and it happens every year so you have like it's good to embrace it rather than fight against it exactly yeah wow that's so much yeah (laughs) I'm sure you can go on forever with this one. Yeah. One thing that um, that I guess I want to end on is the idea of trust. This whole holiday, it's always been about trusting other people. But, I mean, you go to people's doors and ask them for things and then they just hand you candy or, you know, treats. And then you just trust that they're going to give that to you or what they're saying that they're going to give you. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, like we're trusting that that the earth has us as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Because Definitely. I mean, we're going into this time when I mean, nowadays we have houses that have air conditioning and heating and we can go to the grocery store. We don't have to try to worry so much about are we going to have enough food and and warmth to last until the spring comes yeah being able to carry on traditions like this helps us to connect to the earth and realize that it's always been like this 
and you will get through it. Oh, well, that's a lovely ending <laughs> to all that spooky stuff. Yeah. <laughs> all wow. right. So you tell us about Dia de los Muertos. Yes, the history behind it. It's crazy because while you were talking, there are a lot of similarities between these two holidays. And ironically, people actually mistake it for Mexican Halloween. But I mean, I guess there's more significance to it than that. Same as Halloween, uh, Dia de los Muertos is an ever-evolving holiday. And it was actually, it's traced back to the earliest roots of the Aztec people, which is now central Mexico. And it's, as you said, also 3,000 years old. So when the Aztecs celebrated it, they would use skulls to honor the deceased, uh, their loved ones. And with that, upon dying, the souls would have to travel through the land of the dead. And it's said that they would have to travel through nine different realms. And so that's where the whole tradition came about of family members leaving offerings such as food, water, tools for this long journey because it was a course of several years to complete. But once they completed, they were able to reach their final resting place. It was originally celebrated at the end of August, but when the Spaniards came and took over, they moved it to November 1st, November 2nd, the Catholic tradition of All Souls Day and All Saints Day. And the Mexicans actually celebrate, the Aztecs would have the same thing. Mm -hmm. They would celebrate uh, Dia de los Inocentes, which is... The first day is dedicated to just the children who have passed away. And then Dia de los Muertos, All Souls Day, is dedicated to all the other souls who have passed. So I thought that's pretty, you know, heartwarming that they have a day for the children and have a day for all the other souls. What inspired it, they were able to kind of keep their tradition. It was just moved to a different day. That's when they started setting up the altars or the ofrendas either on grave sites or they would do it in their homes and they would decorate it with, you know, candles and flowers, especially the marigold flowers, which I have here. I actually made these by hand. I really want to give them real ones. so beautiful. Thank you. Made out of tissue paper. (laughs) Because they were using marigold, it's such a bright orange. They would pick the petals of the flowers and leave like a long trail to lead up to the altar so that it pretty much guides their loved ones home Mm. along with the candles. And then they put the offerings can include anything from like their favorite toy, their favorite things to do, pictures of the deceased, and of course, uh, food and drinks. And the food can range anywhere between fruit such as like bananas, apples, oranges, to um, pan dulce, which is sweet bread. And there's a, also a famous bread made specifically for Day of the Dead. It's called pan de los muertos. And I think it's similar to what you were mentioning about the souls bread, or I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. sure what you mentioned, but I think it's very similar to that. It's actually like a, a bun. And then they like make out of dough these little bones and like cross the bones on top and then sprinkle it with sugar and bake it and another form of panduce yeah very good and then what are they called well there's panduce and then the pan de los muertos okay (laughs) bread of the dead yeah exactly and And it can yeah that's the one with the bone on top it's like a cross bone 
And then the other ones are, I have some here on my altar, the sweetbreads. They're called conchas as well because they look like seashells. Mm. And they come in chocolate, strawberry, vanilla. But the food can range also to tamales, tortillas. And then they put their favorite beverages. It could be Coca-Cola or it could be tequila. It could be a beer. It could be a cup of coffee or um, Mexican hot chocolate, which is basically a spiced hot chocolate. Uh, they'll leave water, mineral water. And there's also a corn-based drink that they would leave called atole. So it's like a sweet drink made out of corn. Isn't it cinnamon or is it chocolate? It can be flavored either cinnamon or chocolate. It's definitely made out of corn. You mentioned how during Halloween, the veil mm -hmm. of the spirit world and the living world is very thin. They believe that uh, during Dia de los Muertos, that border between the spirit world and the living world is dissolved. And that's how the deceased are able to reunite with their families and have a big feast. Uh, they have music, there's dancing, there's, you know, it's a, just a big celebration where they get to celebrate with their loved ones and honor their loved ones more, one more time. Like you mentioned, I also think it's very important to honor those who have passed. Mm -hmm. And it's really cool that we do have holidays that allow us to do that. And I mean, who knows, maybe the veil is thin and they do come back and are with us. We just don't know it yet. But as long as you feel their energy, mm -hmm. tell stories about them, have their picture up, there's no doubt that they're definitely there with you <laughs> at that yeah, time. Yeah, I feel like you just giving the energy to their to their existence that in itself just the act is bringing them back exactly at least in your heart definitely absolutely and just having a big celebration for them like mm -hmm. what better way to celebrate them as if they're still here i mean i'm sure they are still here just in a different realm and not a physical realm but definitely the energy is there there's also, um, I mean, one of the most prominent things for the Los Muertos is the skeleton, or the skull that represents the dead. So I did my makeup like representing the spirit world, representing the living world, half and half. There's this really cool art piece, very famous, and it's from 1910. It was by artist Jose Guadalupe Posada, and it's called the La Calavera Catrina, and it was basically a painting depicting or mocking really the wealthy and commenting on revolutionary politics. And it's what the art piece is, is a woman, a skeleton woman. She's got big earrings on. She's got a big fancy hat on, fancy clothes on. And he did it to not only mock, you know, the rich and the wealthy and the politicians, but to also mock the Mexicans who abandoned their heritage and their traditions to adopt the European fashion and kind of become more like them. Interesting. And yeah, they, it's a really powerful statement though, because it shows that it doesn't matter how fancy your clothes on or it doesn't matter how fancy your clothes are. It doesn't matter how much money you have. In the end, we're all going to die. Mm -hmm. and in the end we're all skeletons we're all the same so I thought that was very powerful yeah. and La Calavera Catrina is one of the most iconic 
recognizable figures in Dia de los Muertos. You see women every year dress up as her. They have the elaborate headpieces with the flowers and this like, they have these spikes, which are I think representing like auras. They have these huge, beautiful elaborate dresses. They do full blown uh, sugar skull makeup and they have, they, they yeah, that's one of the most iconic images today just from that painting trying to make a political statement mm -hmm. and even though it's an ever-evolving holiday it wasn't until like I want to say like this past decade where it became even more and more prominent here in the states and everywhere else where they would really celebrate it they would have parades they would have you know everybody paints their face I did it with my family every year painting her face, going to a parade. We're doing it again this year. <laughs> One of the biggest celebrations for Dia de los Muertos here where I'm from is held at Hollywood Cemetery. And I was fortunate enough to go right before the pandemic hit. Uh, they decorate the graves. Absolutely incredible. And they, they have like competitions on who's the best altar, oh, wow. most traditional, most elaborate. Mm -hmm. They were the most breathtaking ofrendas I have ever seen in my life like pyramids or huge books the lights so many marigold flowers I've ever seen pictures of so many deceased loved ones they had all the food out for them all the drinks every different gravesite or ofrenda had music playing their favorite well I'm sure it was their loved one's favorite music very beautiful wow. uh, I'm so glad I got to witness that and see and realize like, wow, like these are my roots. Like this is where I come from and these are my family's traditions. So I thought that was really cool. And that's basically the gist of Dia de los Muertos in my, it's not as elaborate as Halloween, but it does have such a significance of honoring those who have passed and, you know, putting out their favorite things, like they're still here and celebrating them one more time, just like one day out of the year, which I'm sure they can be celebrated all year long, but to really like go out and have a specific holiday for their loved ones, I think is really cool. Mm -hmm. And if you want to wish somebody a happy day of the day, you say, Feliz de Dia de los Muertos. I made my altar this year honoring three special souls. I always honor my one of my favorite icons, uh, Selena Quintanilla Perez. She's a very well-known Mexican-American uh, Latin artist. And for her uh, offering, I put on, she used to wear these really beautiful elaborate belts with her outfits. And so I put one with moons on it because Selena, her name is supposed to mean goddess of the moon. And then my kidney donor, who was a three-year-old named Wesley, is also up here. His offering is a little sloth there. So it was one of his favorite things was a sloth. And my Nana, who also passed away this year, unfortunately, her offering was her favorite coffee mug. She was always drinking a cup of coffee, didn't matter what day or time it was. And I filled it with um, the famous and well-known Mexican hot chocolates, very like spiced chocolates. They smell so good. Yeah, I put three of them for each of the souls. I have my candles here. I have an incense I wanted to light just to like 
set the mood kind of thing. And this is frankincense and myrrh. And I also left bandusa for each of them, a chocolate, a strawberry, and a vanilla. And then there's also like a cup of mineral water here for them, which I usually change every day. And it's a tequila cup from Guadalajara, which is where my family's from. So it's a lot of like significance and, you know, it's very traditional and it was fun. I, I made these by hand and had a blast doing them and would remember them playing Selena's music, like remembering my Nana and all the funny things she would do. And then luckily I know a lot about my donor and, would, you know, I wrote a song for him. So it's nice to be able to uh, honor them and how significant they were in my life from up to how I celebrate to up to how other people celebrate it's just really I think it's such a beautiful holiday and it was fun being able to do the research behind it and know where it comes from and why it came about and the changes it's gone through and you can find all this information regarding the history of Dia de los Muertos on history.com mm -hmm. all the history that you can yeah. ever want Exactly. <laughs> Movies and websites. <laughs> so what did what were they doing like with the Mayans? What were what how did they celebrate? Were they murdering people? <laughs> <laughs> I always I don't know. No, not Mayans. I mean Aztecs. The Aztecs. No, they weren't murdering people. They were just like or sacrificing is what I really meant. I think they would sacrifice them. I don't think they would do it on Day of the Dead because that's not anything I read during my research. But I believe they would sacrifice people who like did bad or who wanted to sacrifice them to their gods. Maybe some people volunteered. Maybe they were chosen specifically. But in my research, I didn't read anywhere that they would sacrifice the dead. And that's how the Day of the Dead came about. Mm -hmm. It's just more honoring their loved ones who have passed. And it says they, they would honor them with skulls. I'm not sure if it's the, the skulls of their deceased, <laughs> but um, it was a very more like significant rather than brutal mm -hmm. history that I was looking upon. And I've read several articles and they were all mentioning the same thing. And it seemed very simple from what I was reading because it's such a short history about it, but it's so weird how it goes back the same amount as Halloween, like 3,000 years. But the tradition itself seems to have remained the same, mm -hmm. honoring them, leaving them food and tools and for that long spiritual journey to get to their final resting place. Mm -hmm. So I think it's more about like family rather than sacrificing. Yeah, which I'm happy about. <laughs> yeah, no animal sacrificing here. <laughs> oh, that's good. Or human. Let's see. Yeah, um, at, and not on this holiday, at least that I've read. <laughs> but yeah, it just makes me just talking about it makes me so hungry. <laughs> like I'm gonna take my own journey to the refrigerator and make myself. <laughs> really cool though that there are some parallels to the Halloween tradition and the Dia de los Muertos tradition. Well, I think Christianity helped with that. Like yeah. how you said that they switched it, like, because the Spaniards came over and they already had kind of like the Halloween traditions switched mm -hmm. 
over to Catholic. Exactly. So that was probably why they were like, oh, you already have this kind of ceremony that goes acknowledging the dead people. Yeah. Let's just squish them together and call it Catholicism. Exactly. Let's call it even. Yeah, that's actually what I read too, that although they took over and everything, they actually thought this tradition of theirs celebrating August was so beautiful. They, it was one thing they didn't want to like take away from them. So they moved it to like, okay, well, you can have it on our day. Kind of mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was kind of cool of them. <laughs> uh, I guess. <laughs> like, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> at, at least they gave it. I mean, like they didn't just be like, no heathens you can't do this because it's not our way but i feel like they let them keep it because they celebrated in a similar manner they honored the dead with wine Mm -hmm. and food and music and so they saw the parallels and were like okay yeah you guys can keep your holiday that's fine Mm -hmm. but we can have everything else like Yeah. (laughs) yeah It's very interesting to, I love learning about holidays and like the history behind it and why we do what we do because like nowadays it just feels like everything's so commercialized and then like, Mm -hmm. why are we doing this? Exactly. Nobody stops and asks that. Like, why? (laughs) Yeah. Like, where did this come from? Yeah. Why are there kids dressed in in costumes roaming the streets and (laughs) asking strangers for candy? Little do they know they convinced the government to let them have a day so they'd be doing everything. Yeah. <laughs> wow, kids are powerful. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Halloween's been a fucked up uh, holiday <laughs> from like the beginning. Yeah, it seems just, pretty gnarly. <laughs> yeah, it's just like really just a night of just let Chaos go of your inhibitions. Yeah. Yeah. Chance to be bad. (laughs) Yeah. So Halloween and Dia de los Muertos in this time time of of transition, it and the the thinning of the veil is a time where you have to believe in some kind of spirituality or the occult or just a spirit world in general and the magic of it all embracing your fears but then realizing that they are okay and they're normal and we all deal with them the halloween time shows us that there are fears of the otherworldly but also fears of each other as well yeah definitely but these are all normal human fears kind of making it enjoyable so that we can move into the next season which is more light and love, like Christmas time becomes like this, like a whole other kind of magic. Yeah. And embracing like peace and family and love. And giving instead of taking. <laughs> yeah. So, like right now in this time, it's okay to be afraid of the unknown. We would love to hear about how your family or your culture celebrates this time of year whether it be halloween or dia de los los muertos or do you celebrate some kind of sawin if that's even how you pronounce it um or do you celebrate 
All Hallows Day, do people still only celebrate the Catholic holidays? Mm -hmm. um, and if you celebrate it religiously, how do you do that? But also to want to encourage you to dive in and do your own research about if these subjects interest you in any way, you can obviously go through the internet and get lost in a portal of history, go to your local library, check out some books on the subjects that fascinate you. The books and resources I got for my research today, I got from the library, my local library. Mm -hmm. And um, everybody has streaming services. So. Yeah, um, Amazon Prime has surprisingly good um, random documentaries. If you liked this episode, just be sure to stay tuned for more episodes coming up. Please send in any of your ancestries. We do have our own email. You can reach out to us at lucylooselilylove at gmail.com. That's L-U-C-Y-L-U-Z-L-I-L-L-Y-L-O-V-E at gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning in and we hope to see you next time. Yes, and please like and subscribe. subscribe. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. <laughs> and Feliz del Dia de los Muertos.